The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I'm the Executive Minister and Senior Assistant Minister at at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. I'm doing another show on the, the legacy and truth and power of Reverend Coleman's book, It Works If You Work It. And we had such a great time doing the show a few weeks back that I am bringing back the Reverend Dr. Sheila McKeithen and the Reverend Burnett Jones back to the show so we can continue to talk about this great work and the legacy of the founder of the Universal Foundation for Better Living, the Reverend Dr. John Coleman. So first of all, let me just say hello, uh, Reverend McKeithen. Hello, uh, Reverend Jones. How are you doing today? Great, great. Good morning, everybody. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Uh, So grateful to be here again. Yes. So just for those who might not have caught the first show, uh, the Reverend Dr. Sheila McKeithen is the president of the Universal Foundation for Better Living and the senior minister and founder of the Universal Center of Truth in Kingston, Jamaica. And uh, the Reverend Burnett Jones is the senior minister of One God, One Thought Church in Baltimore, Maryland, and she is a former interim minister, uh, president of the Universal Foundation for Better Living. So we have been working together for years to carry forth the legacy, the teachings, and the message of the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman. So let's get right to it, uh, if, if you all don't mind. Before we actually get into the book and drill down into the book, uh, it works if you work it. Um, and both of you all can answer this question. What is Reverend Coleman's legacy in the New Thought movement? Um, we'll go with you first, Reverend, Reverend Sheila. Oh, wow. Uh, I, I, I don't even think your show is long enough for me to go into the legacy of Dr. Coleman. I think, first of all, um, uh, as a woman in the 50s, uh, in the 50s who, was, uh, who turned to ministry, even though that she didn't know that was what she was doing, 
I would say her legacy would be that if you are in what society calls the minority, that you can make a difference. I think that's her legacy because she was in the minority racially speaking, but also in terms of her gender as a woman uh, talking about she's going to build a church in Chicago. Um, I think her legacy is that if God has called you and you to minister and you are a woman and you are in a perceived minority group, that you can do it. That if God has called you to build your own facility, she built the first unity church in Chicago from the ground up. She built up, you know, before everyone had just purchased a building, but she was the first to actually build from the ground up. So I think that's her legacy. And then in New Thought itself, she demonstrated uh, through her slogan, It Works If You Work It, that the universal spiritual laws will work in your life. They will prosper you. They will heal you. And she was a life uh, example. She gave a life example that all things are possible with God. And through that demonstration, many people were inspired. And her legacy was that the principles were universal in nature, that anybody anywhere could apply them, and that they will work if you work in alignment with them. I think that is her legacy. And because of that, when I faced an incurable disease, I knew working with the principles, I could survive and move through and also thrive, and I did. And because of her, I also knew that wherever I am, God is. So when I was assigned outside of my native country, I knew I could go, I could do it, and that God is the source of my supply. And therefore, because substance is real and God is substance, that that substance is my birthright. And so wherever I am, if it's in an emerging culture, if it's in a uh, what's called a first world culture, whatever it is, the presence of God is available as I open myself to receive it. And that's her legacy, I believe. And more. I don't have time to go into it. All right. All right. Reverend Burnett. Amen. You know, Reverend Sheila, I see you and Galen and myself and all the ministers and teachers throughout the world as Johnny's legacy. I Mm. have witnessed, I have witnessed you live truth, doing all the things that you said that she said we could do. I've seen you do it. I've seen Galen do it. I've seen myself do it. I've seen living examples. And that, to me, impacted me most about Johnny. Her teaching, she is arguably one of the best teachers of principle But it was not only her teaching, we could see her living what she was saying. We could see that she was living the principles in very practical ways in her own life. And she was breaking it down into a language that the masses of people could understand. It wasn't Mm -hmm. out of reach to anybody. Anybody could listen. And then this book, that's one of the things that it brought back to me when I began reading it again, is how comfortable it was to sit 
under her teachings because she made it so practical, things that anybody could relate to. And I think that's a great legacy of Johnny and I see us doing the same thing. I see us doing the same thing all the time. And so I'm just grateful that we are still carrying forth that legacy. Yes. That's grateful. Yeah. Yes. You know, yes. Uh, Reverend Burnett, your uh, Reverend Galen, if I may, your your Go sentiments ahead. are were captured in an email that I received from um, a young man named Kadeem in the United Kingdom, and he wrote me and he said, you know, I have um, been trying to just study this new thought, and he said, and he named you know some of the people he read, and we would know all of the names, and he said, but when I got your copy. Of it works if you work it through Amazon. Um, when I got my ebook, and he said I read it. He said I just got it. He said yeah. she just put it right there. I saw myself on the pages and the stories. He said it was simple to read, and he said I just got it. And when yeah. he wrote me that, something in my heart said, and that's why it's now an e-copy, so that we can get it okay. in the hands of people who just need something that just gives it to them straight in a way yeah. that they can understand. So uh, that's part of the legacy as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm really very grateful. Yeah, beautiful, yeah. Beautiful, she really beautiful. brings it's... truth alive. Johnny brings truth alive. Yeah, but yes. remember, you can only bring it alive if it's living in you. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. that's the point Absolutely. I'm making, that she lived it. And that is how it became so alive and so rich. And the stories about her experiences of actually using truth principle and living it. And she actually says that in the book as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, don't, don't go try to preach to anybody or teach to anybody. You learn truth and work it in your own life. You be a demonstration. And then people will want to know, well, what is it? What is it? Yeah. Yes. And you can yes. then share it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, in reviewing this uh, or preparing for this show, I was reading through uh, the fifth part of the book because this book was originally five separate small books put into mm -hmm. one book. Right. And on part five, she talks about prayer. Yes. How did how did Reverend yeah. Coleman view prayer? We'll just go in the same order. Reverend Sheila, then Reverend Burnett. Well, um, prayer, uh, Johnny viewed prayer as communion with God, which is a definition from Charles Fillmore's um, lexicon, The Revealing Word, that communion was prayer, was uh, communion with God. In other words, coming into a oneness with God rather than trying to reach out there to God, but just realizing that you are already uh, uh enmeshed, you are already intertwined with that one presence, that one power, which is God. And then to to pray was not to beg, to pray was not to um, um, do a lot of talking, that, you know, to pray was not to uh, refuse to change. In other words, asking for a blessing while you cursing somebody else or even cursing yourself. So for her, Prayer was claiming that which had already been given by the creator because you are the very image and likeness uh, of God and you and the God presence are one. So to pray from that perspective 
was simply then to acknowledge and accept that that which God is, I already am, and therefore it's already mine, and then to uh, move forward in life uh, because that is already so for you, not because there is a time and space continuum that you're working with and you've got to wait. Lord, do I remember that she didn't like waiting. Uh-huh. Uh, but what she what she said, uh, I remember her saying to me once, you know, we were doing something, having lunch, and we were waiting for the waiter to come and do whatever. And I made a comment and she looked at me and she said, we asked for it, didn't we? Just like that. In other words, we're going to sit right here. We asked for it. So it's coming. It's on the way. Just like that. I mean, I will never forget that. Yes. So that's yeah. what I would say about prayer in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, I just finished preaching um, this past Sunday on what's missing. She has a, a place in the book where she asked the question, where is my answer? Mm-hmm. And she talks about all the reasons prayers don't seem to be answered. And she has about nine different things that she talks about. You know, I, the, that's one of the reasons I love this book. She not only tells you, you should be praying, she lays out point by point, step by step processes on everything that she lays out from prosperity to health to prayer. And breaks it down. But one of those nine things that she said really resonated with my soul. She said prayers are not answered because instead of being God-centered, we're Mm problem-centered. Yeah. Prayer is rising up out of the darkness of whatever seems to be challenging and seems to be going on is rising in consciousness to be centered in the presence of God, not in the presence of all your problems. God doesn't right. know anything about your problems. She said, you know, if you sit down in prayer and you spend the whole time just focusing on problem after problem after problem, you get up you're going to still be in the problem. So the point is to use prayer time and be disciplined with it, consistent with it, and in that space be at one with God, being conscious of being in the Christ mind, being God-centered and allowing spirit then to do what spirit does versus taking all your problems. And then she said, once you get out of prayer, you go back claiming all the things that you were sitting there in prayer to do because you never stopped focusing on the problem. So um, I love that, you know, being God-centered. Yes. That's how you pray without ceasing. You be centered in God. Yes, yes. And I didn't have this as a... Uh, question I was prepared to ask you, but I, it came up, so I just feel as though I need to share it. Um, years ago, I read a book before he made his transition. Um, I think it was a friend of yours, uh, Reverend Sheila, Walter Starkey. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. Walter Starkey. Uh-huh. Yeah, and um, he in it, he was writing about, he wrote a book about Joe Goldsmith. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. read it before. I've read that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it, many of Joe Goldsmith's characteristics to me, were very similar 
<laughs> to Reverend Coleman. As, I, as yeah. I was reading it, I was chuckling. And it made me realize that these power, excuse me, these powerhouse spiritual leaders many times have that same uh, mentality of why are you focusing on the problem? Why aren't you rising above it in consciousness? If you ask for it, it should be showing up. They had a certain level of, of conviction and an absolute yeah. consciousness that allowed yeah. prayer to work. It was like yes. it was almost no retreat, no surrender. Yeah. Burn, burn the ships yeah. behind us. We're taking the we're taking the beach. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Get up off your knees and be the prayer you pray. You know, right? That's what, yeah. what Johnny would say. Get up off your knee and be the prayer itself. Yes, yes, yes. Without a doubt. Which which transitions into my next question because I think this is a really strong question that I think UFBL because of Johnny Coleman focuses on a lot. What did Reverend Coleman have to say about desire? Uh, Reverend Sheila, then Reverend uh, Burnett. You know, the times I spoke to uh, Reverend Coleman and, and certainly heard her, when I heard her speak about desire, she was always referring back to a definition that um, Dr. H. Emily Cady gives in her, in her book, Lessons in Truth, which is desire is from the Latin word desire, uh, which interprets in English to of the father, of the creator, of the source. So that desire is, and she would say, God tapping at the door of your heart. And I'm quoting her. Desire is God tapping at the door of your heart saying, won't you please let me in? You ever heard that, Galen? Yes. <laughs> and uh, so desire is that God urge in each one of us that we become aware of. It arises to the forefront of our consciousness. And it says, listen, this is the gift I have for you. But because we predominantly abide in a consciousness that something is missing, we then interpret the desire as this is something that's going to happen one day in the future when possibly. But when we are in that consciousness of oneness, when desire arises within us, Johnny would say it is that you already have that. And so what we then must do is what? Get ready to receive, become the vessels through which that desire, that urge can now be made manifest as us. I like to say it like this, just like the runway must be prepared for the planes coming in to both take off, to, 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 to take off and land, then there also must be a place in consciousness for the gift that is given, the urge that is being expressed to land in our awareness. Yeah. And so uh, that's what I would say about desire, that it has very little to do with, I want this. It's the desire of God in you that says, this is the next step for you. And when we view it that yeah. way, then we say, okay, how must I prepare to fully receive this gift that I have been given? Yes, yes. Yes, yes. I mean, that that's my understanding as well. I mean, I think you articulated so well, uh, Reverend Sheila. Desire is not for attracting some things outside of ourselves. We think of it more like appetite. I got an appetite for this. I see that. 
I see the diamond ring. I want that. I see the, you know, the honey, the money, the fuck coat, the this, the that. And I want those things, which is more of the appetite. But desire, as Johnny explains it and shares it, makes it clear that all of those things are well and good. But the real desire is a desire to experience more of God. Mm-hmm, it's a mm-hmm. desire to experience all of what God has promised you for this lifetime and beyond and forever, and to experience it in forms that you actually can enjoy. But it must come from that God-centered awareness that I am calling you to this, and if I call you to it, I'm the one who's going to express it through you. So it's a, a part of our spiritual growth process to open ourselves up to receive uh, as you said, to and to prepare ourselves to receive all of the wonderful things that can possibly come through us. I mean, eyes have not seen and ears have not heard all of the wonderful possibilities of what God can do through us when we allow our desire for more of God to express through us. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. We have about six minutes before the break, uh, so I do want to make sure if people want to call in, we're going to take questions in the second half of the show when we come back from the break. Uh, so you can, if you want to call in early and wait, obviously, I would love for you to do it. I'm sure we would love to take your questions. You can call in at 816-251-3555, 816-251-3555. Be opening up the show for calls after the 10:30, 10:29 is 10:30 break. So, in the, you know, I want to remind people that this book is available on Kindle and hard copy. If you want to get it on Kindle, you can go to Amazon.com. Isn't that correct, Reverend Sheila? Absolutely. Uh huh. Right, and if you want to order a hard copy of the book, you can go to UFBL.org. Trust me when I tell you these books matter. Uh, you yeah. know, you want you want this book. Trust me when I tell you you want this book. Years ago, I actually did a five part series on this book on this podcast. You want to go back and 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 I actually walked you through the book so you can get the Kindle book and then go page by page, not every page, but the main highlighted points that I pulled out for that series and work with the book. You can work with, listen to these, this show and the previous show and the shows I did by myself on this book. And trust me, every time you pick this book up, you will receive something new. I don't know how it works, but somehow Reverend Coleman changes this book every time I pick the book up. <laughs> have, you all, have you all experienced that as well? Yeah, like every absolutely. time you pick the book up? Absolutely. Could you share then, a little bit about you know, how Reverend, that works for you? Oh, and, well, you know, one Reverend, thing, the way it works for me is that, you know, I'll say, okay, Johnny, I need something today. I just need something, and I'll just open up the book, and there it'll be, bam, 
right there. I go, okay, I got my assignment. I'm, 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 I'm off and running. Uh, I mean, it just, you know, the, the truth is, Galen, you know, every time you, you pick up the book, hopefully you are really in another state of consciousness. You know, you have new experiences, new perspectives, et cetera. So you really begin to take a deeper dive into what you read before. And then the whole new meaning uh, comes forward. Uh, sometimes you read a book and you think you've read the book, but you really haven't. The book hasn't read you and settled in you yet. And it's one of those types yeah. of books. Yes, yes. And Sheila, you uh, mentioned, I think, on one of our ministers meetings that you were preaching it. So yes, I am. I just, yes. And so I decided, oh, well, yeah, that's another way to get it, because you get it when you read it. Then when you preach it, I discovered you get a whole nother level of it. So, Absolutely. I'm, Absolutely. I'm in my third month of teaching it third month. And I do every year, I do at least one, two or three months of it. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely, I'm telling you, it's dimensional is what it is. You get it on one level and then you find there's a whole nother rich dimension of it from speaking the word as she spoke it and from hearing it in your own voice. So, you know, preaching and teaching it. I'm about to do a series where I'm going to have every one of my ministers and teachers preach a sec teach a section of it so that they get the spiritual growth from actually not only reading it but sharing it and delivering it and speaking that word and hearing themselves uh, speak it. it there's there's tremendous spiritual growth in that Johnny's a master yeah master. yeah and when you when you're teaching it or when you're reading it there, there, there are times when it comes through. You know, I've had people call me afterwards and say, Johnny Coleman was with you this morning. I heard her. Yeah. And then you can feel it, too. You know, you can feel it and you can see yeah. it. And uh, it's like she is uh, 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 she is still in the ethers. We know that. And she's saying, yeah. come on, you can do it. Keep going. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. God in you is seeing you through. And, you, you know, you just uh, put, you know, redouble your efforts and you get going. And so I'm just very yeah. grateful and thankful for that consciousness uh, that still abides. And uh, the good news is we can take as much of it as we want, as she says in her introduction. She says, you got to get the teaching for yourself and then you got to go out and live it. And that's what yeah. she says. She says, you have to do it. And she says, and all you have to do is be it. And you don't have to try and change anybody. She said, because That's when right. you go out a change person, then everybody will say, hey, what you doing over there? And she said, and then yeah. you can really let them know what you're doing. But you got to live it, be it, embrace it, you know, and be dressed in it. And so I'm very yeah. grateful for that. And it, I find that it's very powerful as well. So well, God well, is good. Yeah, well, we have to, in about 30 seconds or less, we're going to have to take our break. So I want to remind everyone that, uh, the, the Reverend Dr. Sheila McKeith and the Reverend Burnett Jones will be available or are available, not will be, but are available for your questions. So when we come back from the break, call in. You can call in at 816-251-3555. 816-251-3555. We'll be right back with Truth Transforms. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. 
Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm going to give a quick commercial about some of the things that's going on at Christ Universal Temple. And if you're listening to this show this week live or this week, Christ Universal Temple is having a drive-in service. Obviously, with the pandemic, we haven't been having church in the building. And people miss being on their campus. So what we're going to do is have a service where you can drive in with your car. We're going to socially distance even the cars, pull a chair out. We're going to have a stage and screens in the parking lot. And we're going to have a full service, preaching, music, prayer, uh, everything that you would get in a normal service, you will be able to get just by showing up uh, in your car and to enjoy the service from 1030 a.m. It'll probably be a little bit after uh, noon. Normally, service ends at noon, but with all the moving parts, it'll probably be a little bit after noon. But you definitely want to make sure that you're there for that service. I also want to let you know that normally you can just watch our live stream or that service on our Facebook page, Christ Universal Temple, on our website, which is cutemple.org, or our YouTube page, which is CU Temple. So we want to make sure that you plug in with us. Monday through Friday, we have Daily Inspiration for Better Living Lessons, which is the UFBL Spiritual Periodical. We teach a lesson from noon till about whatever time we finish. <laughs> so it works out really well. And I also want to remind everybody about our uh, Temple Talk show on Facebook, which is Reverend Wells every Wednesday at 7 p.m. And our Consciousness Building Call, which is 6 p.m. Central Time um, every Thursday. So those are some of the things that's going on in Christ Universal Temple. And obviously, if you need prayer support, you can call in it to 773-568-1717, 773-568-1717. Somebody's waiting to pray with you, to hold the consciousness with you of the wholeness that we've been talking about on this show and all the shows on Truth Transforms and Unity Online Radio. So now that we're back, uh, I want to make sure that we give an opportunity to let people know yet again that it works if you work. It is available via Kindle on Amazon.com. And if you want a hard copy, you can contact UFBL.org and order it directly from the website. Uh, Reverend McKeithen, um, how can people get in contact with you or your church? Okay, um, UC Truth Jamaica, UC Truth Jamaica.org uh, is our website. And I'm also on Facebook under my name, Sheila McKeithen. Beautiful, beautiful. Reverend Burnett, how can people get in contact with your church? And your uh, and you personally. Our church is One God, One Thought Center for Better Living. Our website is O-G-O-T dot org. And you can go there. Uh, also, you can contact me at our church email address, which is one thought at AOL. Dot com. One thought, all one word, at AOL.com. And we would love to hear from you. Thank you, thank you. All right, so uh, 
as we're talking about it works if you work and again i want to open it up for callers if anybody wants to call or make a comment you might not have a question but you might want to make a comment or just say hi to reverend sheila and reverend burnett you can call in to 816-251-3555 816-251-3555 so um what is what this question is for both of you what is the central idea of the book, It Works If You Work, and how can people practically apply it? Uh, Reverend Sheila will just go first. Okay. Uh, Reverend Galen, uh, off air, I'm going to talk to you about always coming to me first, you know. Okay. You're a leader. I think, the, I think the best way to answer that uh, question is by reading something from the introduction that Reverend jo Dr. Johnny Coleman gives us. And she's, she talks about being excited um, because the title, It Works If You Work It, uh, is talking about the universal spiritual principle that will work for anyone, anytime, anywhere. And she says, I'm excited about it. I'm excited because I've discovered that these principles work. And I'm excited to be able to share them with you because I love you so much. If you could just get turned on with the idea of abundant, prosperous living, you could then give it to everyone you contact. She says, if one person raises their consciousness, we can affect a thousand others. And all we have to do is be it. And this is the kicker. She says, get the teaching for yourself. And that's why we've made the book available uh, as an e-copy, Reverend Galen. And we're also now, um, as the Universal Foundation for Better Living, making it available in tidbits where people can get a little taste of it and then decide if they want to go ahead and get um, you know, the entire book. She says, get the teaching for yourself and then live it. She says, because all you've got to do is to be it. And so the entire book is dedicating to you, is dedicated to teaching you that you can work in alignment with these principles. You can become all that these principles promise and that you can then be a beacon of light and influence in the world for others. And so by your commitment to the universal spiritual principles and practice of them, you can actually change the world. And that's what's so, uh, what's so exciting. Yes, yes. It is. I mean, that that is that whole notion uh, is what excited and inspired me in um, coming into UFBL. You know, I was following and learning truth principles for years prior to that, but there was something about the way UFBL approaches this that made it so doable. You know, it's one thing to read a lot and do, you know, and, and, and um, study and seek. And it's a whole different thing in the moment when you realize that you are in a space and in a movement with people who are demonstrating and realizing this like for real, for real. And so it just yeah. satisfied my soul to find that, one, I wasn't the only person who was thinking like this, but two, there was a systematic and orderly way to study it and to teach it. And then the the message, and, and this was there's a direct quote from the book, where Johnny says, you have the power 
to change your experiences. You have the power to choose your way. And that's like, oh, right, yes. And it just became so much more doable in my life. And so I think that's a part of the central uh, message here. And then, as I said earlier, not only does she make this statement, she then gives you practical step-by-step-by-step approaches, ways to think about it, ways to do it, examples from her life, examples from her years in ministry, examples from Scripture. The book is loaded. It's fully loaded. And I just can't say enough about it. Um, It truly does work if you work it. And she shows you how. All right. So, uh, Reverend Sheila, do you want the first question, or should I just go right back to Reverend Burnett? (laughs) (laughs) See that? Galen, I'm going to get you. That's all I can say. It's all good. Go ahead, Galen, with your question. Okay, beautiful. Um, How did Reverend Coleman teach self-reliance? I think um, she used these words quite a bit. And I'll be using them this Sunday as I close out the section of the book that talks about the 15 keys to a more prosperous life. And these are the words. It is up to you. It is up to you. Um, Throughout the book, she uh, makes a case for health and health now, for healing now, for prosperity now for loving relationships and harmony now. And, but then she leaves you free. And I think that's really, really powerful. She says, now it's up to you. It's like, um, you know, the, the, the keys are now in your hand and it's up to you. Um, as I close out this series on the 15 keys, you know, Johnny says, and this is on page 89 for those that have the book, it is up to you to work with these 15 keys in any combination that the indwelling God directs you. Um, She says, if you are willing to work with yourself, you are going to get results. She says that the ideas in the book work if you work them, and then she offers you a blessing. So in terms of self-reliance, she says, it's up to you. Once you know the truth, what are you gonna do with it? Once you know you have a spiritual inheritance, what are you going to do about it? What is your response? I like to say, you know, once you know that it is God's will that you live a healthy, happy and harmonious and peaceful and prosperous life, then what's your response to that? Now it's up to you to accept that that is so. Um, Are you willing to accept that it's okay if you get well? It's okay if you... um, um, you know, uh, say to yourself that, okay, enough is enough. And so the whole notion of self-reliance, we know, comes from Emerson. And she says, and because all of God is for you, then what you're really doing is relying on God in you to see you through, no matter what the situation is, that there is then a faith that uh, is unshakable, because you know that God never leaves you or abandons you. And so I'll just stop right there. But that would be what I'd say on self-reliance. Beautiful. Reverend Burnett? Yes. 
You know, what I would say is something that I've heard you say, Sheila, and that I've preached uh, about one of your experiences with Johnny. As a matter of fact, I think you talked about it in the first um, part of this two-part series. And that is, she would say, know yourself. Mm-hmm. Know yourself. And when you truly know who and what you are, you don't have any issue with being self-reliant because knowing the truth of being as yourself means that you have a totally reliable, trustworthy, almighty, everlasting, omnipotent, you have a presence and power that is right with you that does not require you to have to rely on what anybody else outside of you is saying. So when you know yourself, then you have what I call, and these are my words, the spiritual confidence. And her words would be to stand on your own two big spiritual feet mm-hmm. and do whatever it is that's required. Yes, yes. So, uh, Reverend Sheila, you mentioned earlier about substance in uh, your original remark. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reverend Coleman wrote a lot about God as substance. Yes, she uh, did. Uh, can you and then Reverend Burnett explain what substance means to you? Okay. Um, Well, what I learned from Dr. Coleman in the text was that um, God is substance. And substance comes from the Latin substare, which means to stand under, which means that God, the spirit of truth, stands under all visible manifestation. And therefore, God uh, being this substance, we don't have to ask for anything because God is not only the substance, but God is the very thing itself because everything materialism emerges out of the invisible substance of God. And so when we have that relationship of oneness, then we are already one with the very desires of our heart. Uh, Johnny would explain uh, substance as a great big piece of dough and that we are our thoughts, our words, our feelings, our actions, our reaction, our very beingness is then cutting and shaping substance based on the image that we hold in our heart, in our mind, in our soul. And therefore, we are then producing that which is most in agreement with who we are. And it's not necessarily in agreement with what we say we want to have but that we get in life the experiences delivered direct from our conscious awareness through the substance of God. And so that is why uh, all of the purification um, techniques and practices are important and why forgiveness is so important because it is an opportunity to purge ourselves of what is untrue because we don't want those reproductions to show up in our life, in our world, and in our affairs. Substance, as you know, Galen, is something that I committed to as the president of the Universal Foundation for Better Living 
to really work with this year. And it's been showing up in a wonderful and uh, a profound way. Uh, and I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful for that because if we can hold it and, and, and believe that this is what God wants for us, then it can manifest in our life, world, and affairs. And God will send the people, God will send the messengers and everything that is required for that idea to take full manifestation will come forth in due season. And so I'm very grateful for that. But it has to first happen within us. Johnny's very clear that life is lived from the inside to the outside. So as within, so without. And so having a grasp on the substance of God as everything, seek ye first the kingdom of God, keep Seek ye first the kingdom of God and the things will be added unto you. Seek first that substance that is the reality of every demonstration. And then the demonstrations will be made real in your life as concrete manifestations. Beautiful, beautiful. Reverend Burnett. Uh, let's see, what can I add to that great teaching? Um, because that is really essentially what it is, you know, the divine cookie dough. Um, and I laugh when I think about the divine cookie dough. Um, who but Johnny Coleman would explain the universal presence of absolute good as a divine cookie dough and using your thoughts like cookie cutters. And realizing that um, she, there's, there's a statement she makes that I laughed at in the book where she says, our thoughts are prayers. And then she says, isn't that too bad? Because <laughs> so, yeah. so many of, if we were actually receiving in the moment that we think and say some of the things that people think and say, it would be what we have going on right now. <laughs> and so be, she said, you know what I'm saying? Be mindful yeah. that everything you think and say is you, you're working a spiritual principle and law. And it is actually responding just as if you intentionally took a cookie cutter and use it in some cookie dough. And you are getting back all the experiences that are just like the shape of whatever your thinking and feeling was. And so the substance of God is the rich, abundant presence, full presence of all being, just waiting there for us to decide and choose what we want to bring forth out of it. And so we do that by learning to listen to the still small voice and then to take action in our speaking and our thinking and our feeling and our behaviors that is consistent with what we have shaped our cookie cutter to be like. Now, who but a Johnny Coleman would put it in that kind of language so people could really get it. You know, that, yeah. that's one of the remarkable things about her teaching. Um, I love it. The divine cookie dough. 
That's what substance is. Beautiful, beautiful. You know, what's funny, as you were giving the answer about what would happen if all of our thoughts manifested immediately, mm. uh, one of my favorite movies from the 90s is a Jim Carrey movie uh, titled Bruce Almighty. Oh, yeah. And, and in oh. Bruce Almighty, for those who remember, uh, Morgan Freeman was God in yeah. the movie, and he gave oh, yes. Jim, Jim Carrey omnipotence, mm-hmm. but not omniscience and omnipresence, only for the city of New York. He's like, if you think you can do a better job than, than me, uh. then <laughs> I'm going to give you all yeah. of my power just for, uh. the, for the city of New York. He, but he didn't have omnipresence nor omniscience. And what was crazy is he was trying to answer all of these prayers. And I laugh because one of my favorite scenes of the movie is everybody's praying to win the lottery. Uh-huh. He grants everybody the ability to, to win the lottery because everybody who played won, everybody only got a couple of dollars. <laughs> you know, but I think that that's why, you know, but I think it's that level of sensitivity we need to be mindful yeah. of and also yeah. to be mindful of power without wisdom can be used irresponsibly, whether on the divine plane through consciousness yeah. or through uh, human efforts and, you know, and society and politics, whatever. It doesn't make a difference what it is. Power and wisdom have to go together. And mm-hmm. I would add, and I would add love, love, love. Mm-hmm. and I would yeah. add love, love. because Reverend Coleman always led with love. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, yeah. just, just to share something really quickly, because we only have about five minutes left. So I do want to add to the conversation a little bit. So when, um, Reverend Coleman asked me to come meet with her because she wanted to hire me to come work at Christ Universal Temple. I was working in management and grocery. And, you know, but I was preaching at the church already, and I obviously was teaching at the Johnny Coleman Institute, and, a pla- and I was a platform person. So she sits down, and, she, and I started asking her all of these questions because now I have an opportunity just one-on-one, just to chit-chat, when mm-hmm. she's not, you know, how it's different yeah. from preparing to preach yeah, and all of that right, other stuff. right. So uh, so we're talking, and she said to me, and i never forget these words. She said, my people love me because I love them first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because yeah. I love them first, they will follow me. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and, I, and that, that was drilled in my brain. She called it her secret to success. I love my people first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, and... You know, and we just drilled down and had a whole conversation around what does it mean as a spiritual leader to love your people so much that they trust you without a shadow of a doubt because they know you will always make decisions for their highest good, not just for, yes. excuse me, your highest good yes, or perceived yes, highest yes. good. Right. And, Amen. Um, and Amen. It, right. So, you know, there's a heart. Behind the lessons of it works if you work in in the ministry of Johnny Coleman in general that has to come across because she was very straightforward at times, very strict about her level of excellence. But all of that was based upon her love for the people. She could not give anybody anything less than her best. Anybody that was a part of what she did had to give their absolute best because she loved her people so much. Mm-hmm. You know, and remember she would tell us, yeah, I spoil my people. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. And you know, she was say- was- go ahead. 
my, one of my remembrances of being in the presence of Johnny was the experience of myself and my daughter being there at Christ Universal Temple. And I can remember her coming over to the table. This is when you all had the catering center there. And she yeah. came over to the table to talk with us and to welcome us and say hello. And standing in her presence, it felt like you were the only person in the universe with her. She toned out everything else that was and just gave yeah. you her undivided. She gave us her undivided attention in a way that you could, I could just feel the love just pouring out of her. Yes. It was, yes. It, it was just an amazing presence of her uh, that she could emanate in those right. intimate moments. Right. I, I do want to close because we got about a minute or so left with the, just a quick story, if you all don't mind. Not um, at all. Absolutely. So, uh, when, when Angel was a baby, uh, Reverend Coleman would fuss at me because I wouldn't bring her into the office. I'm like, you know, I would have John, you know, I would bring Angel to church, send her up to the children's church. She was like, how come you don't bring Angel in here to see me? I was like, well, you're busy. You have to preach before service. And she said, I want to make sure every Sunday you bring her in to see me. So I would bring Angel in. And, and when we would pray after we would pray, Angel would be in her part of the office. You know, the, her conference room was where we prayed. Then Angel would run up to her, give her this big hug. So in Sunday school one day, the, the Sunday school teacher asked the students in her class, do you know who Johnny, Reverend Johnny Coleman is? And Angel raised her hand and said, Johnny Coleman is my friend. Yeah. And, you know, so it was, you know, that, that story always warms my heart as a father mm-hmm. because, as you just said, Burnett, she took such intimate time to make sure that you knew you were special to her. And, yeah. you know, it, it, it made all the difference in the world. We have about 20 seconds left. I think they're about to start playing us out. So let me just say this. Thank you all both for coming on the show. Thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you for the idea. Thank you. Thank you. Get yes, the book, you all. You. Trust me as my listeners. I stand behind the work of Reverend Coleman. I st- my life is behind the work. Absolutely. So let's make sure that you get this book and bless somebody else. Buy more than one. Bless somebody else with this material. God it bless works. you all. Yes, it works if you work. It is the name of the book, Dr. Johnny Coleman, M-O-N, not M-A-N. God bless. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us, and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.